Are you ready to invest in yourself today? Welcome to the Wealth Builders Podcast. Where investment leader Billy Epperhart teaches you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom. Scripture says in Deuteronomy 8.18, Remember the Lord, your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. At Wealth Builders, our goal is to teach you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom in your finances, your business, and your investments. Now, let's join Billy Epperhart. Hello and welcome to the Wealth Builders Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Epperhart. This podcast is meant to empower you with practical ways to make a kingdom impact, and I'll teach you how to make sense. This is our slogan here, make, making sense of making money for making a difference all in about 15 minutes. You'll learn how to combine faith and finances for a balanced and fruitful life. And listen, if you like to use notes, you can go to wealthbuilders.org front slash shop to get your free download for this episode. That's wealthbuilders.org front slash shop. And so today I want to talk about uh, the real estate market again in this podcast. And I specifically want to deal with the area of real estate financing. Now, October the uh, 15th through the 17th, we actually have a workshop that is happening in Denver, Colorado, suburb of Denver called Lone Tree, Colorado. And of course, at the workshop, I'll be talking about the top 10 secrets of real estate financing. Today, I want to talk about knowing your credit score and some other things that will help you in the process of actually getting a real estate mortgage for the property that you want to buy. So just to give you a little bit of a history so you have some context, it was in the early 1990s to mid-1990s when what we call computerized lending or computerized underwriting actually came into play. Before, you'd go, just go to a bank. There were still mortgages out there, but you would go to a bank and say, hey, I want a loan, right? And so basically the bank would look at your character, at your collateral, and they would consider your credit, look up what they knew about you. But it wasn't computerized, so all that information across the board wasn't out there. But in this day and age, it actually grew from just computerized lending to the place where the Fair Isaac and Company actually developed what is called a FICO. And that FICO, of course, means Fair Isaac and Company, they developed a credit score and they did a numerical rating of credit scores. And so, for example, the absolute highest credit score that anyone could have is 850. And then there's a 760 credit score, which is where most people and those investors that will be listening today, if you're going to use any kind of mortgage loan for your investment properties, that 760 number is where you really want to be. And can you get investment loans if you have lower than a 760 score? Yes, you can. There's no question about that. But I'm talking about getting your best rates and your best terms. And so you need to be at that 760 and up if you're going to do mortgage financing. And so which is really what we're talking about on this podcast. Now, really kind of a medium range for somebody would be about, you know, 680 the 720, and then kind of the bottom range for getting a mortgage is that 660 number. Your interest rates aren't going to be quite as good, and some of your terms may not be quite as good, 
but it's still very doable. Now, there are opportunities for people that are in the 620 range, what we call mortgage products out there for that. And then I think the FHA, that's the Federal Housing Authority, and their lending program will actually go down as low as a 580 or 585 credit score to help especially new or first-time home buyers actually get into the market. So maintaining a good credit score is so important if you actually want to be a real estate investor or if you're simply looking to buy a home that you're going to live in. So the credit score is important. Now today, I'm going to talk about a couple of the things about this, about how the credit score is made up and what percentages make up the credit score. And so now listen, when I give you these percentages and you add them all up, they may not make exactly 100%, but this is the weighting of how it works. And so the first thing that makes up credit scoring for your FICO score is what we call the payment history. And that just simply means, have you made the payments that you have or that you owe on time? Now that includes your credit cards, your car payment, your utility bill. Are you actually paying what you owe on time, paying your bills on time? And really your payment history makes up about 35% of your credit score, which is, you know, which is a lot. And so making your payments on time is something that you definitely want to pay attention to. Let's say you're listening and you have a low credit score. You start making your payments on time, you'll notice that your credit score starts coming up. Now, typically, I encourage people to, you know, you can go to, there's so many different credit score type opportunities on the internet that you can go. I think you can go to freecreditscore.com. You can Go to, there's all kinds. I mentioned a few, creditkarma.com. What I like to do is actually subscribe to one of the credit bureaus. You know, there's three credit bureaus. There's what we call um, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. And I actually like the, uh, and I'm, I don't get any uh, financial gain by sharing this with you personally, but or my company, but I'll let you know that my experience is Experian has been the best subscription to have. I've tried them, and I like Experian a lot. And what you can do with Experian, I just want to encourage you, is you can actually get all three of your credit scores. You can get both the Equifax credit score and the TransUnion credit score as well as Experian by subscribing to the Experian credit score. And uh, you can go to, that's E-X-P-E-R-I-A-N, Experian. So I don't get anything for telling that. It's just telling you what my experience has been. And so you can monitor your credit score that way. I think it costs about 20 bucks a month and you actually get the ratings. They'll show you exactly what your credit score, let's say, would be for a mortgage because there's some weighting factors that go in for a mortgage that are a little different, for example, than a car loan. And so you can see all of that when you go in. So I just encourage you, if you're going to be a serious investor or buyer, that you subscribe to one of the credit services that helps you monitor your credit score. So remember, payment history key, it makes up 35%. And then another thing that's waiting on your credit score is your outstanding credit balances. And the outstanding credit balances actually make up about 30%. It's weighted at about 30% that it affects your credit score. So an example of this is that if, let's say your credit limit is $10,000, let's just say Take all your cards together and your other outstanding whatever balances, and let's say your total credit 
available is $10,000, then you never want to go above $5,000. You never want to go above 50% of your available credit. And if you really want to be conservative and keep your score kind of at that maximum level, I would encourage you not to go above 25%. I think in the book, the real estate book, uh, Strategic Real Estate Investing that we have, you know, I tell you, don't go above 30, a third, 33%. So remember, payment history makes up 35%, and then your actual credit balances make up 30%. And, you know, one of the cards I like to use is, uh, is and I don't get anything for this plug either, but American Express Platinum, that Platinum business card or the Platinum personal card is so powerful because you charge your things on it, And then, of course, you have to pay it off at the end of the month. Now, if you don't pay it off at the end of the month and you have, you know, because they do offer a program where you can carry your balances even on that platinum card, which we don't do. But what the advantage is, if you're able to pay that card off every month, which is how I operate, then however much I charge in the month, that never goes against my credit balances and it never affects my credit score as long as I pay it off at the end of the month. In other words, it has, it has zero effect, good or bad, on my credit score. So I like that, whereas I have some MasterCards and Visas, but what happens if I charge it up and then the next month I make the minimum payment, my credit balance has gone up, and it definitely will make your score go down if that's an increase uh, in credit against available credit. So remember, payment history is 35%. That your credit balances make up about 30%, and you never want to be over 50% what you owe compared to what your available credit is. And then the next one is really the length of your credit history. And so how far back you've been carrying credit, and that actually makes up 15% of your score. And how long you've had credit is a critical thing because it shows lenders that you have experience paying down debt. And that's extremely important that you, you know, that that history, you've handled that properly. And so that weighs about 15%. And then this is one that's important, the number of inquiries. In other words, how often you have applied for credit uh, makes up about 10% of the score. So, you know, one of the things I'll say, like if you go on car lots and you're going to buy a car and you're going to lease it or you're going to do something else where credit's needed, you have to be careful if you're actually physically shopping or even on the internet. If you're going in and you're saying, hey, I want to buy such and such car, many times and they ask you to sign something, you got to be careful with that because they'll hit your credit while you're there, even though you may never intend to buy a car from them, they'll hit your credit. So if you went to six car lots in one day and and that happened, it would definitely diminish and make your credit score go down because your credit would be getting hit so often in one short period of time. And so anytime they see you applying for a new credit, especially an exorbitant amount, but really just anytime, it will ding your credit score just to let you know. So the real truth is, is that the higher your credit score is, the lower your interest rate will be. Let me say it one more time. The higher your credit score is, the lower your interest rate will be. And so that's why it's so important when it comes to what you do, you know, when you're out there shopping or doing things or using your credit cards, just remember a high credit score will get you a much lower interest rate. 
And so uh, just a couple of things that bankrate.com tells us about credit reports and credit scores. It says that 25% of all credit reports contain errors of some kind that may result in you being denied a loan. So there's 25% of your actual report that it could be mistaken and may contain errors. And then 79% of all credit reports contain some kind of mistake, like a wrong address or uh, how long you've had credit. So that's a high percentage. That's almost 80% contain some kind of mistake. And then Bankrate says that 54% contain incorrect personal information, which also can affect you as well, which is absolutely true because they may look like you're a whole other person if the information is not accurate. And then 30% contain closed accounts listed as open. In other words, an account that you have closed and they still show it as open. And so it's important that you go and look at actually what makes up your credit score and look at what's listed, not just your credit score, but the different listings that you have in your credit report. And you can dispute those. And usually that dispute takes somewhere between 15 to 45 days to hear back on. So I really appreciate you joining the podcast today. You can subscribe, like, and follow the Wealth Builders Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or really anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you want to learn more, we have a ton of free blogs over at wealthbuilders.org. In fact, you should go to the website and just explore it. And remember, we have a real estate workshop October the 15th through the 17th, and you can go register at wealthbuilders.org. That's October the 15th through the 17th. 2021 in Lone Tree, Colorado, which is a Denver suburb. Hey, thanks for listening, and I'll see you right back here. Bye-bye. We hope you learned something of lasting value today from this Wealth Builders podcast. If you'd like any tools, teachings, or resources mentioned in the podcast, you'll find them online at wealthbuilders.org. Wealth Builders exists to teach you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom in your finances, your business, and your investments. The Wealth Builders Podcast is produced by Celine Williams with music by Audio Jungle and narration by Greg Hunter. Wealth Builders is a nonprofit organization. We depend on your donations to keep this podcast running. Please consider donating to us on wealthbuilders.org.